Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. E-S-N-Y. For the fifth consecutive year, the Giants have started 0-2. I think the eighth in the last for the eighth time in the last nine years, right? 2013, 14, 15, I believe they started 0-2 every year. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah. 2016 was the only year where they didn't start off 0-2. Ironically, they were 2-0 that year and made the postseason. 0-2 for the fifth straight year following Thursday night's loss to the Washington football team. One of the more heartbreaking losses I have seen in my years of following and now covering the Giants. How's everyone doing? Back again, episode 81 of the Wider Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. For the second time in five days... I'm putting together one of these episodes where I'm reacting to a Giants loss. I guess that's what happens when, you know, a Sunday and a brief turnaround Thursday game. You do two sad, low-key, depressing episodes in the same week. That's what happens. Ironically, though, when it comes to this specific loss against Washington, which had a final score of 30-29, to It was not because of the Giants' offense or the Giants' offensive line or Daniel Jones. Usually that's what we're talking about. Usually when we talk about a Giants' loss, whether it was last year or the Denver game, it was we're talking about the offensive line struggling and Daniel Jones fumbling and Jason Garrett, you know, his uncreative play calling. That wasn't exactly the case Thursday night. No. Giants conjured up 391 total yards and 29 total points. That's the most number of yards and most number of points the Giants have scored offensively since Jason Garrett took over as the offensive coordinator in 2020. The Giants did score 34 points against Dallas last year in Week 5. However, six of those points were because of a um, pick six from Kyler Fackrell that year. So, 291 total yards last night, the most of any game the Giants have played since Jason Garrett took over as the OC in 29 points, the most number of points. So this wasn't on the offense for the first time in over a year. This game was not on the offense. This game, this loss, was was because of mistakes made on the defensive side of the ball and missed opportunities. I got a bold underline and italicized that. Missed opportunities. Let's start with the defensive struggles, shall we? 
Although the Giants did put up 391 total yards, which I've said multiple times already is the most number of yards they've put up in the game since Jason Garrett took over as the OC, they allowed 407 to a backup quarterback in Taylor Heineke, who they did not pressure, or at least successfully pressure, for much of the game. And it cost them. 34 for 46, 336 yards, two touchdowns. Washington was able to conjure up 407 total yards, like I just said, along with 25 first downs. I can only imagine why they didn't pressure him. Doesn't matter which quarterback it is, whether it's a Taylor Heineke or a Patrick Mahomes. You give them time in the pocket in this league, they will pick you apart. That's how it works. That's how this league, which has become a passing league, works. You give them time, they will find their receivers because it's impossible as a defensive back to stay with any receiver for 10 seconds. You don't pressure these quarterbacks, they'll pick you apart. And that's exactly what happened with the Giants last night. They pressured Taylor Heineke in the in the beginning, it seemed like. But after that, they sort of went away from it and Heineke picked them apart. 336 yards, two touchdowns. James Bradbury, who was a pro bowler last year, one of the best cornerbacks in the league last year, was terrible. He was supposed to follow uh, Terry McLaurin around. Terry McLaurin ended up with 11 catches, 170, 107 yards, and one touchdown. Not ideal. They have Jabril Peppers in coverage. Jabril Peppers should not be in coverage. I love Jabril Peppers. Great player. Versatile player. Shouldn't be in coverage. He should be up near the line of scrimmage as a box safety rushing the passer. That's his strength. Ironically, the offense was not the problem in this game, and the defense was one of the bigger problems. You haven't seen that since this coaching staff took over last year. It's always been, you know, Patrick Graham's defense gives up 14, but the Giants lose because Jason Garrett's offense can only score 13. That's usually what it is. You never see one of these, you know, 29 point games from the Giants, but they lose because the defense let up 30. You don't usually see that. Thursday night, that's exactly what the case was. Defense has got to step up week three against Atlanta. Defense has not put together a strong performance yet this year. It was always going to be tough to, you know, repeat what they were able to do in 2020. What they were able to do in 2020 was fantastic. They were one of the strongest defenses in the league last year. They have not yet put together as strong a performance in 2020. They didn't do it against Teddy Bridgewater in Denver. They did not do it against Taylor Heineke in Washington. Didn't happen. So we got the defensive struggles were a big part of the loss. And as I said before, bold, underline, italicized, missed opportunities. And boy, were there a few. You got the offsides penalty, of course, on Dexter Lawrence. On what was a 48-yard attempt from... Washington kicker Dustin Hopkins. When the score was 29-27 Giants as time was expiring. Hopkins pushed it right. Wide right. Just like the name of this show. Missed the field goal. No good. Giants were going to escape the nation's capital with their first win of the year. Except the flag came down and there was an offside penalty on defensive lineman Dexter Lawrence. Which negated the missed field goal by Dustin Hopkins. Hopkins then moved up five yards to a 43-yard field goal and made that kick to win the game for the football team. He was offsides, folks. 
I know they're going to say it differently. I know you, you you might disagree that he was offsides. He was offsides. That's just the bottom line. He was leaning forward. He had a little bit of a jump. I think it was the right call. It could have been a judgment call. You could say that. But I think they made the right call. I think they did. I'm sorry. I have I, I have to. I can't lie on this podcast. I don't want to lie to you guys in this podcast. That's how much I value my listeners. You should be grateful that I value you that much to the point where I don't want to lie to you. And I'm not going to lie to you here. He was offside. It's a good call. Why is he leaning that forward? I don't know. But that's a missed opportunity. Game would have been over. We would have been having a different conversation this morning. My articles and everyone else's articles would have been different. Last night and this morning. That's a missed opportunity. Number two, the drop by Darius Slayton in the end zone. Now you could argue maybe Daniel Jones overthrew him a little bit. Maybe Daniel Jones needs to put it in a better spot. The bottom line is this. If the ball hits him in the hands, he should catch it. It's like the Evan Engram drop last year against Philly on Thursday night. Giants could have sealed the deal on third down with a completion to Evan Engram when they were leading late in the game. You could say, oh, it was the pass was a little bit overthrown, this and that. It hit him in the hands. He has to catch it. Darius Slayton, with nobody around him, needed to reel that one in 150%. That's on him. Slayton needs to make that catch, period. And he knows that. He's experienced enough. It's his third year in the league. He's experienced enough to know that he needs to make that catch. Period. End of discussion. You could say DJ needed to put it in a better spot. I don't agree. He's got to make that catch. Number three, another missed opportunity. The Daniel Jones touchdown run. 58 yards. Not the one that was actually successful in the beginning. The quarterback draw play up the middle. I'm talking about the one later on in the game. The 58-yard zone read keeper to the left side. Came around the left edge. Turned up field. Used his speed. His vision to set up his block into the end zone for the touchdown. However, it was negated by his CJ board hold. Now, it's another call you could argue. You could say it was, you could argue that the call was BS, they made the wrong call. Listen, regardless of whether it was a good call or not, the call was made, and the touchdown was taken off the board. And the Giants followed that up with just three points. They only got three points on the drive with the Slayton drop, and they only got three points in the drive with the CJ board hold. That was it. Three points in either drive when they could have had seven on either drive. And you know Graham Gano would have made those extra points if they did score the touchdowns because Graham Gano was hot all night. So instead of three points on either drive, or instead of seven points in either drive, they got three points in either drive. That's an eight-point swing. How much did they lose by? Missed opportunities. That's what those plays were. The drop by Slayton, the hold on CJ Board. That turns 14 points total into six total points. And they lost by one. It doesn't matter when the plays happen. It doesn't matter when the missed opportunities occur, whether it's in the first quarter, the second, third, or the fourth. Or overtime if it gets to that point in the game. 
It all comes back to the final score. A Slayton drop, a CJ board hold, a Dexter Lawrence offside all contributed to the final score of this game. Brutal. Just a heartbreaking loss that who knows who saw that coming. I mean, I, I, I tell you right now, when I was writing my post-game story last night, I had two different stories going. One of the stories was the one that I actually published. You can go check it out on EliteSportsNY.com about how the defensive failures and these missed opportunities are what hurt the Giants. I also got into, and I believe I got into uh, later on this morning, I got into some offensive takeaways, which weren't bad at all, by the way. I was positive there. I said how Daniel Jones had a good, had a bounce back game, turnoverless game. I said how the offensive line came together despite the injuries to Shane Lemieux and Nick Gates. By the way, Nick Gates speedy recovery, lower leg fracture, done for the year. So I had the defensive failures, missed opportunities, uh, leading to a loss article, and then on the other side of my screen, I had an article titled "Bradbury's Redemption Proves Crucial in Giants Win Over Washington." I was going to use James Bradbury's late game interception as the turning point of the game. That was that that was how crazy the game was. I had multiple stories, multiple angles, multiple results in my head. And I'm switching back and forth from either one. Bradbury interception, I turned to the good one. Uh the the Giants kick a field goal. I'm like, "Okay, let's stay with this story." Washington misses the field goal. Okay, cool. We're still sticking with this Bradbury story. Offside, Washington kicks the field goal. All right, looks like the other story it is. Defensive failures, missed opportunities. I'm going from one story to the next. I couldn't figure out which one was going to be the end result. I couldn't. That's how crazy this game was. But despite how crazy it was, the bottom line is this. Brutal loss. And the missed opportunities are what affected the Giants in this contest. And it's what led to their second consecutive loss to commence the 2021 season. As I said at the beginning, not ideal, not great. Just not. But, life moves on. We move forward. And the Giants move forward to Atlanta, week three, on Sunday, September 26th. Now, as I said earlier, I'm not going to preview this game too much because that's you know that's for the next podcast episode. That's for episode 82. We'll get into that in episode 82, which will come out early next week. You know, I got to take a couple days off the podcast. Okay, I, I've I've dropped like what four or five episodes in the last like six days or so, seven days, whatever it is. I've been on fire lately with this podcast. Fire. I've been on a roll. I need to take a break, so I won't preview the Atlanta game just yet, but. As far as that game is concerned, if they go in, if this defense goes into the same goes in with the same game plan as it had against Washington, which is to not really consistently pressure the quarterback and sort of let the secondary handle a lot of the responsibility on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Cuz if Taylor Heineke can, if Taylor Heineke can pick you apart when he has time in the pocket, which he did for much of the night, Matt Ryan's going to be able to do the same thing. And it's going to be even worse. I know people knock Matt Ryan. And I know people people knock the Falcons. Which is very understandable because they're not a good team. And they haven't been for a number of years. But if Taylor Heineke can really pick you apart. Matt Ryan's going to be able to. so much. It's going to be so much worse. 
I mean, if Taylor Heineke is throwing for 336-2 and two against you, and if you go into that same game plan against Atlanta, Matt Ryan's going to throw for over 400 yards. Two or three touchdowns. He'll find Kyle Pitts. He'll find Calvin Ridley. He'll do it. He's an experienced quarterback in this league. Former MVP. Those for 4,000 yards, what, every single year? Matt Ryan does? Just about. I mean, he hasn't thrown for under 4,000 yards since 2010. He'll pick you apart if you give him time. And if the Giants go into this Atlanta game with the same exact game plan as they went in, into the uh, Washington game last night, it's not going to turn out great. going to be a... Uh, Going to be rough. Going to be rough to say the least. But we'll preview that game early next week. As I said, I got to take a couple days off from, you know, spitting facts on this podcast or spewing facts and spewing my opinions and doing this and that. I, I we've been We've been hot with this podcast. Four or five episodes I said in the last six or seven days. That's what it's been. We've been on an absolute roll, so I got to take a break. But regardless... 0-2, fifth straight year, on to Atlanta. Next week at MetLife Stadium. Hopefully the 9-10 day break uh, is good for this team. It's tough to, I mean, we think it's tough. for. We're not even. We're not professional athletes. We think it's tough for football players to play a game Sunday and turn around to play, play another game on Thursday. It's probably 150 times tougher than even we think. And we know it's super tough. And it's 150 times tougher probably than we even think. Maybe even more. 1,000 times tougher. So nice that they get a 9-10 day break. Rest up for Atlanta. And uh, hopefully they pressure the quarterback. But we'll talk about that next week. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 81 of the Wide Right Podcast. As always, I am your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Honey E-S-N-Y. And subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast and listen to the Wide Right Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for tuning in. And uh, all right, I'm out of here.